This is Glenn Thurtable of Matt Radio, Politics Plus. My guest is Brian Kelly, talking about climate warming. Today, as my guest is Brian Kelly and his lovely wife Ruth, they have been long-term ecologists, and they've given leadership in this discipline over the decades, and they're going to share with us their insights into the matter of climate warming due to human activity. Thanks nice to have you here, Brian and Ruth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. So the issue at hand is climate warming due to human activity. In what way is it an existential crisis to the human race? Well, essentially, in the last half dec- half century, I would say, over the last 50 years, yeah. we have dramatically increased the concentration of what are known as greenhouse gases in our atmosphere. For thousands and thousands of years on this earth, we had a pretty benign climate. Our society adapted to the climate all the way from the tropics to the to the polar regions, we adapted to the climate we had, and any changes to that climate were extremely slow. In, in the last 50, 60 years, basically since the end of the Second World War, we have dramatically increased the concentration of what are known as greenhouse gases into our atmosphere. So think of the Earth as, as an apple, and the diameter of our, or the depth of our atmosphere is about the depth of the skin of an apple. So we have been inhabiting this earth for a very long time and for, for millennia we were living in a nice balance where green, some greenhouse gases were produced but they were absorbed by, by nature basically, by photosynthesis, removing CO2 and other gases from the atmosphere. Since the fossil fuel era, which basically started in the 1800s and has continued apace, we have increased the concentration of carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide, which are the major greenhouse gases. We've increased the, the concentration of those many-fold. So in the pre-industrial era, we had about 280 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. We're now well over 420 parts per million. We're, we've almost doubled the concentration of CO2. And darn if it isn't true, it's a bit of a, a, a trick of science, if you will, but greenhouse gases, carbon dioxide in particular, mm-hmm. have this unfortunate habit of trapping heat in that skin of atmosphere around the earth. They let sun shine in, but when the sun hits the earth and starts to re-radiate as, as infrared energy, the carbon dioxide molecule has this unfortunate nasty habit of acting like a blanket and trapping that heat. So we have more heat being trapped every year at the surface of the Earth, and that has resulted in about a 1.5 degree Celsius increase in, on the average global temperature around the world all year long, about 
a 1.5 degree increase um, since pre-industrial pre times. If we hit <coughs> 2 degrees Celsius, mm -hmm. we are in a runaway climate situation where we will not be able to control the temperature of the earth virtually through anything that we do. So we're at a very serious tipping point in the history of the earth and in the history of, of human civilization where our formerly benign atmosphere is now about to tip into climate chaos where the temperature is going to go up, we're going to have the resultant flash floods, fire, wildfires, droughts, heat waves, all these things that we see glimpses of on the news these days are going to become more and more regular, more and more endemic, and we are literally going to be at a tipping point in the future of human civilization. Wow. Well, thank you for showing that. Now, I'm going to ask you that, well, what was that, the two degrees Celsius, did you say? Yeah. When it reaches that point, well, at least the atmosphere still be breathable. Oh, but it will be breathable. I mean, we, we are increasing carbon dioxide, but not to the point where it is poisonous to us. Certainly, no, we're, we're not talking about turning the atmosphere into a poison. We're talking about turning the atmosphere into a blanket around the earth that traps heat. Now, in the extreme, in, in the extreme heat waves, mm -hmm. as, we, as might be experienced in certain places today, and as will increasingly be experienced, particularly in the tropical regions, uh, we are going to reach the point where humans can no longer live <coughs> in that extreme heat. You know, once humans are exposed to anything on a long-term basis above 27 degrees Celsius. So what's that in Fahrenheit? That's about 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, eight, we have 80 degree days now in the summertime. Yeah. The, the, the problem is the human body cannot withstand continuous long-term exposure to those sorts of temperatures. So at 30 degrees Celsius or uh, just over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. we are going to see people literally die from heat stroke. And that's, <laughs> that happens in places now. I mean, yeah. it happens in Canada. Two years ago, we had the heat dome in British Columbia 600 people died over about a month's period mm -hmm. in the Vancouver area from extreme heat. Mm -hmm. And those were mostly people that lived in apartment buildings that didn't have air conditioning. They were probably low income. They may have had some health challenges to begin with. But we lost 600 people uh, due to climate change in this country two years ago. Over what period of time? Over about a month during the period where the heat dome, so-called, settled um, over B.C. And that's when Lytton, the small town in the interior of B.C., hit 49.5 degrees Celsius, so almost 50 degrees Celsius, mm -hmm. halfway between freezing and boiling. Mm -hmm. Lytton, B.C. hit that, and the next day it burned to the ground because of a wildfire. And mm -hmm. this past year, 2023, we've seen huge wildfires across northern and western Canada, the worst in our history, and that's because of long-term increases in temperature, heat domes, low humidity, high winds, 
and the, bo the Canadian boreal forest mm -hmm. basically being a tinderbox and being on fire. So, yes, um, these, these, the atmosphere is still breathable, it's mm -hmm. not poisonous, mm -hmm. but it is trapping heat at unprecedented rates and causing all of these problems. Okay, that's uh, quite disturbing. Now, talking about <coughs> heat and human body, in India, uh, 100 degree Fahrenheit is the norm. How come they have such a big population? How come they're not dying off through heat, uh, through heat storms, well, etc.? Well, th they are. I mean, there are hundreds, of, if not thousands, of people in India every year that die from heat events. Okay. Now, they are more used to it. Their bodies are somewhat more accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. But they cannot, the human body cannot take prolonged periods of of high temperatures. Yeah. So there are literally people in India, China, around the tropics mm -hmm. that if, if they don't have access to air-conditioned space, mm. they are dying out on, on the streets. I'm not saying it's, it's catastrophic at this point, mm. but it's getting worse and worse. Well, <coughs> will it become catastrophic within the near future if we're not successful? in curbing the pollution of the atmosphere? I would say absolutely. I think <coughs> we are at a tipping point in terms of human history. We, this is the most serious challenge facing humankind. We are basically cooking ourselves on this globe. Mm -hmm. And the future of the human civilization, mm -hmm. I think, hangs in the balance. Now, you know, we are going to have heat events, we're going to have floods, we're going to have forest fires, we're going to have all of these things which occupy huge amounts of our evening news. Mm -hmm. um, these are going to happen around the world. But I think it's the secondary effects that we really need to be concerned about. What are they? If we have a global heat event, mm -hmm such that we have a crop failure. If, if we had a massive crop failure as a result of drought mm -hmm. in the corn and wheat crops mm -hmm. on this globe, we would be into absolute chaos because there would be literally millions of people who would be starving to death. In Canada. Not in Canada, in around the world. Mm -hmm. And they would be on the move. I mean, you think we have a migrant crisis now mm -hmm. at the Mexican border or in Europe or other places, mm -hmm. people you know, trying to flee mm -hmm. the Sahara region in northern, um, northern Africa or flee the Caribbean region because of poverty and, and temperatures and all those sorts of things. If and, you violence. Think, and violence. Mm -hmm. If you think we have a migrant crisis now, mm -hmm. wait till we have a global <coughs> crop failure mm -hmm. and millions of people would be on the move trying to get to countries that have some food reserves. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is a recipe for the complete breakdown of human civilization. I mean, I, I despair to think of my children and my grandchildren. I despair to think of my remaining future on this globe. But is that serious? Oh, I, absolutely. That's, certainly in terms of my children who are in their... 40s mm -hmm. at this point, largely, 30s and 40s, their future is going to be seriously affected. 
My grandchildren I grieve for. I really grieve when I think about my grandchildren's future. And I'll go so far as to say, I don't think it will be the direct effects of climate change that will affect their lives so seriously. I don't think my children and grandchildren are going to die from heat stroke because they have access to air conditioning. Yeah. I don't think they're going to die from starvation because they, in a rich society, we have access to food if we really need it. But what I think is going to be the immediate impact on their lives is going to be violence from people who are severely tested by the changing climate. People who are starving to death. You know, we have a migrant crisis across the Mediterranean mm -hmm. these days. People mm -hmm. trying to get out of Africa and the Middle East and into Europe because mm -hmm. they think it is a more prosperous and caring society. But think of, and you know, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people every day attempt to get across the Mediterranean and into Europe. But just think if we had a crop failure in Africa and a crop failure in South America mm -hmm. and other places around the world. India. Mm -hmm. There are going to be literally hundreds of millions of people on the move demanding food. War and incursions into from one country into another, I think are going to be commonplace. Mm. I mean, the U.S. military mm -hmm. has been preparing for this crisis for decades. They regard climate as the major cause of instability in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. Because when these crises strike, when a killer heat wave or a drought followed by a food shortage, mm -hmm. when that strikes, we're going to have huge conflicts. So, to wrap up this somewhat pessimistic thought, I don't think it's going to be the direct effects of climate that are going to affect my children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to, they're, they're not going to die from heat stroke, they're going to die from being attacked physically mm -hmm. by people who want to move into this area to share the abundance that we have mm -hmm. because they have none because okay. of climate. That's why something, Brian, <coughs> thank you for, pardon me, elucidated. Uh, this is Glenn Suttable again, host of Politics Plus. Thank you for listening to what you heard. I think Brian Kelly spoke excellently. We'll have more excellent shows for you in the very near future. Bye.